Trying to be like James. <laughs> All right. Not on purpose. So one of the things that came out this week as they were talking, Ty actually taught on agreement and the power that shows up with agreement this week. Uh, and uh, what happens is while we were moving, I borrowed his pickup one night just to move some stuff we needed to dump. So I, so I, I'm, I'm in that driveway and I'm talking to my wife on the phone. So I said, sweetheart, uh, are you playing uh, uh, Kenneth Hagin? She said, no. Uh, you know, everybody may not know who Kenneth Hagin is, but he's an old general uh, person that, uh, you know, I've had the pleasure of sitting in different meetings before he passed. And it's the power guy would fall. Um, um, just miraculously. Like I was in one meeting. And so some of y'all think this, so I'm, so I'm, I'm going to share it. So, so I'm in a meeting. And um, I've shared this with some people already. And so he's praying for people. So the first person that comes up, well, I, well, I can't. Well, I can use you. I can use Harold. Harold, Harold can do it because you're you're uh, bruisable. Come on. <laughs> so so I, I don't know how he gonna do this, but so so stand right here. You just fall as quick as you can. So so the person. So he breathed on the person. He didn't touch the person, but it felt like you're gonna fall quick. It felt like somebody. Right. <laughs> Now, good job. <laughs> good job. Yeah, you had to get the young people. Thank you, thank you. All right, but but take that and multiply that by five times. That's how fast the person hit the floor. So I'm, I'm way back there. Well, I'm further back because it was huge. The place was huge. I was like, man, that person just fell. And then, so then he, he started to, so the spirit was on him, right? He, so then, so, so, so let's say it was her. He lay hands on this person and the whole row fell, right? So then he go lay hands on this person. So every time he got to an aisle, persons fell. So I'm a math guy. So I try to triangulate this stuff. So, so, so when he got maybe seven rows from me and I was seven rows in, I counted 14 seats. So I said, well, based on the people that fell there, I should be feeling something. When he was at like maybe the seventh row. So let's say I'm at the seventh row. I was, and so I'm back there going, I don't feel nothing. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, mean, I had seen the power God move before, but I was like, so I should feel something? This is what I'm thinking. So then he, he kept walking, he's praying. He got to our aisle. And I'm standing there. And uh, I always use the example of this movie Terminal Velocity because they had the, the guy was going on this machine and he was, he was trying to go at the speed of light, speed of sound. Which one is it? Travel at the speed of what? Okay, no, I can't. You can't. He couldn't be traveling at the speed of light. That's when time stops. Speed of sound, right? I asked the chemist over there. Travel at the speed of light, we disappear, right? All right, so. So he, uh, so when he was he was on his machine, he was going so fast, the wind was was peeling his face back. So when he got into that aisle, the wind came through that aisle. My face was like this. I was like, "What in the world's going on here?" I was like, "What's happening in here?" And it was just, just it, and the whole row, we all fell down. So, so then um, another man of God comes up. Uh, so 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 Kenneth Hagin was the guy teaching. So he had a guy sitting down there that was at, at the meeting. He said, uh, "They're like this." He said, uh, "Keith." Of course, I, you know I thought he was talking to me, but he wasn't. <laughs> he, said, he said, "Keith, come on, man. 
Come on, give us something. So, so, so now, this guy's not the scheduled speaker. Keith Moore, he comes up, he starts speaking. He starts speaking about the power of God. God moving. And so, so he starts teaching about God moving. And, and as he started talking, the, the presence of God had the place. And people were, uh, like that video I showed you, move with, the, move with the Spirit. People were dancing, running. And so was, people just took off running all over the place and falling. I was like, what in the world is going on here? And so... I felt I was supposed to move, but you know how if you're not used to being around spiritual stuff and used to being more natural, you just, you ain't free like that sometimes. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, okay, all right, I, I figured you did. All right, so, 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 so I didn't. Now, now, I felt the conviction, but I didn't move because maybe, I don't know why. Uh, well, I know why. I got my head because I'm, I'm a calculated thinker. So when I calculated that there's people in my way, I was like, well, I can't go nowhere. These people, there's another seven people. What am I going to do? Push them out the way? So this is what I said in my mind. So, so Keith Moore said, listen, man, some of y'all didn't flow with the Spirit. He said, listen, when the Spirit is flowing, it's like a wave. He said, you don't get wet by looking at the water. You got to jump in. Right? But see, in our mind, we're waiting for something to move us. But we actually have to move, and that's where the spirit hits us. He that studies the wind shall not sow. So, so when he said that, that made sense to me. I'm not going to get wet looking at the water, right? Waiting to feel something. I said, so if that ever happened again, I'm moving. What do you think I was thinking? The time already passed. Statue of limitations is over. I don't have to do it. Why did the spirit hit as soon as that thought? People running, I said, well, I told the Holy Spirit I was going to move. People still in my way, so I just took a step like this. When I took that step, my feet start going like this, out of control. It wasn't me. Listen, I'm from Newark, New Jersey. It was not me. I wouldn't have done it, right? So I'm going, I was like, what in the world? So the people, you know, I created a traffic jam. They trying to get out my way. So, I, so if you could picture like something being held back and released like a, like a rocket, so I sat out of the, the, the aisle, went around the church, my arm, I, I, no cool points at all. I was, I was ah. and, and so I ran into the first lady of our church, and she just was laughing, like, dude, like, it was like, sounds like some type of cartoon show. Well, I ended up falling out, and that's, this is thousands, this is, the place is huge. I fell out on the floor in front of the man of God. When they continue with the service, I'm laid out. Uh, she said they showed me on the jumbotron. <laughs> With my feet up, my, she said, with my feet up. <laughs> now, again, I'm telling you this because that's not something with my logical mind I would do. Because I've always calculated everything. But our calculations is having us miss the power of God. All right? Our calculations is having us miss the power of God. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. That young man agrees with me. He's been agreeing with the Spirit since he walked in the door. All right, so, so 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5. This is Paul speaking. He says, in my speech, I'm sorry, I'm going, I, I can get to go fast. Who, who, who did this this week? Somebody said, is everybody there? <laughs> Was that Mrs. Lamar? Oh, okay. All right, so, so uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4. It says, my, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. 
emphasize man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. Look, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So in our life, we do have these contrasts. We have, the, we have logic, intellect, and the wisdom of men. But then we have the power of God. Now, the interesting thing is the scripture says, and you drop over to one, one uh, chapter over in uh, 1 Peter 1. 22. It says, for the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. It says, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. It says, but unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God, the power of God, the wisdom of God. It says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For we see your, your brethren how that not many wise men after the flesh and not many noble are called. For God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. The base things of the world, lowly things, um, and the things which are despised has God chosen. Yea, and, and things which not to bring naught to things which are so that no flesh should glory in his presence. All right, so here you see God's whole operation is going to look foolishness to people that play off of their intellect. When God is moving, you can't uh, rap, you can't control it sometimes. Like, just like when fulfillment is coming, now you believe him for something. Some, some of us have gone through this. When you believe for something and it's coming and it's right there and it's like, what's the catch? Alright, it's a catch. I know it's a catch. Why does it have to be a catch? Why would you believe it in the first place? You know, when a person changes and they even believe for them to change, they change, and then it's like, yeah, uh-huh. I know it's something. Why, why even pray? Right? And so when God moves, it 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 uh shakes up. You know our our, our intellect and, and our, our processor because you gotta you gotta yield. See, this is the thing. In the world, it's all about what you can control, what you can control with your mind, what you can control with your hands, right? In the kingdom of God, is what you can yield to, right? Is uh, Terence talked about when he gave the example of the plane. He said, "You're on the plane and you're flapping your wings. Why? Like 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 actually." The best thing for you to do is just sit there. Be still and know that I'm God. He said, God is the plane. That's what he said uh, uh, earlier this week. He said, God is the plane. We the person flapping our wings like we helping a plane. No, 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 no. Our job is to yield. Right? Didn't you say we have a responsibility to get on the plane, to get on the boat and just yield? Look, and the boat's worse. The plane at least goes fast. Right? Y'all be taking them cruises to be like, okay, if we don't get where we're going, I, I'm stuck now and nothing I can do. Like, first of all, I don't swim. So the first cruise I took, I was like, okay, if we don't get where we're going, I'm just out here in the ocean, like the Poseidon or something. Like, I'm going down because I, I don't swim. Like, I'm definitely going to see a miracle. Me too. Yeah, I'm going to have to be walking on water, right? Right, but, but I, have to, I had to yield. Like, I be doing all types of stuff that I'm not supposed to do that she don't like. But, you know, because I don't swim. I, I get on a jet ski. I do all types of stuff. But, but I'm trying to train myself to yield. 
to flow, to not always have to be prepared, but to trust that God's foolishness is wiser than my whole intellect. And to trust that if I want to see what God has, right, it's going to be beyond anything I've ever seen, could calculate and process with my mind. Right? Okay, so. So I'll give you another example. I just shared this with somebody this week. Some man of God. He he he. You know, since uh, I, I don't know how to put. Well, I can say he since uh, made some negative adjustments. But he's powerful ministry. Thousands of people. So when he first comes uh, to to the church, he came to the church I was at. This guy is teaching. He has his Bible just like this, like I have it right here. And so he goes. Uh, he says, so now if you go over there to 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, uh, you know, basically verses 1 through 7, it talks about the fruit of this. It talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And, you know, it says we have uh, differences of gift. So, but, you know, there's uh, one God in operation. There's, uh, there's one um, administrator, that's Christ. And there's one, uh, uh, the Spirit is the one that's uh, di uh, dispersing the gifts, right? And he's, he's going out scripture by scripture. Then he says, he says, and then it, it, then it breaks down the, the nine gifts. This is uh, uh, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of working of miracles, uh, the gift of interpretation, tongues and interpretation, right? This is, uh, right, so, so, so it's gifts of prophecy. So he starts, starts bringing that, he starts going down the scripture. He says, then when you get over there to 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 18, it says, uh, now God set the members in the body as it pleases him, Right? He says, you start keep going down and talks about the ministry gifts and the gifts of help and things of that nature. He says, now, now it shuts you up with the gifts and it goes on to 1 Corinthians 13. He says, now, yeah, well, I talked about the tongues, but if I, if, I, if I would rather speak, you know, if you're just speaking with tongues, but you don't have love, he says, you're like a clanging cymbal, right? He says, you know, but I, I, but I do speak with tongues more than y'all, right? But then he goes on to break down uh, what love is. You know, verse four: Love is kind. Love, love, love is patient. Love is long-suffering. Right? Then you get to First Corinthians thirteen eleven. Uh, when I was a child, spake a child, thought a child. Uh, well, when I became a man, I put off childish things. First Corinthians twelve. First Corinthians thirteen twelve. He says, and "Now we're looking through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now we see in part, but then we'll see even as we're known by God." But uh, faith, hope, and charity abide these, but the greatest of all these is love when you get to verse 13. Then he goes over to 1 Corinthians 14, he starts to break down, hey, when you speak in tongues, you're speaking unto God. When you speak in an unknown tongue, now he contrasts tongues and prophecy. Prophecy is God speaking through you with the gift of tongues. It should be an interpreter. But unknown tongue is your private language to God. 1 Corinthians Team two. Then he starts to break down the contrast. Now this guy's doing this. He had his Bible closed. And I was like, and so I'm reading along. I'm like, this dude is doing this without reading. So I said, man, now, now I got to be like that. I got to know the scripture like that. Right? And so, so then he goes, now uh, the Lord uses me in a certain level of healing. He's walking around just like this. He says, the Lord uses me. He says, uh, he says, and for some reason, the Lord uses me to heal uh, back problems. And he goes, uh, so, um, he said, and a lot of times if you have back problems, he says one leg is longer than the other, your alignment's off. He says, so if anybody either have a back problem or they have one leg longer than the other, I want you to come up so, we, so I can pray for you. So I'm sitting there going, I'm going up there. Because I, I, I'm going to see this. Like, you know, I, no, we ain't, ain't going to be on TV watching. I'm not going to be in the audience going, you know, is there any cameras? You know, like, you know, magic tricks. You know, you, you know, they got little, 
it was an optical illusion, right? So I go up there, and uh, so he prayed for this person, prayed for this person. And as I'm looking at him praying, I'm like, is, is, is this happening? So he told me to sit down, put my back to the seat, and he, he put my feet up, and he measured my, my feet. He said, oh, yeah, 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 we're going to have to grow this one out. So now I'm, I'm listening to him, but I'm also sitting there going, grow this one out. Like, we're, you're going to snatch my leg, snatch me off the chair. That dude, excuse me for saying that dude, this pastor, uh, uh, he lay hands, prayed, and said, grow out. My legs start growing right in front of my face. Listen, it was foolishness to me, right? But it was the power of God. No, 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 this wasn't no, uh, listen, I, this, I'm looking at this right here. I saw the demonstration of power. I saw this, right? And see, so, 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 this is what, and, 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 well, since then, I've seen it. We've prayed for people. My wife prayed for her grandmother. She had a mass inside of her. She prayed for her, and, and after she prayed, she threw up the mass, right, right in front of her face. Right? That's demonstration of power. You know, we go into the hospital and the person's, the person's in a coma. You know, people in there praying. I mean, I, listen, man. Listen. I didn't go to the hospital. Yo. We about, to, we about to do this. What? I'm about to heal this person. Ain't nothing. You know, man of God. Oh, went to the hospital like, okay, Lord, what are we going to do? So the whole time. You, you ever walk somewhere and you got to go do something and you really don't want to do it and you slower? You know, you're kind of taking steps, but you're hoping, like, maybe God will say, that's okay, there's a ram in the bush. <laughs> like, you know, that's, you're hoping, like, right. anytime now, guys, you know, this person's in a coma, if I don't, if, if this man of God shows up and something don't happen, it's going to be embarrassing, but it's going to be embarrassing for you because I'm going to be talking about you. So I go in there and the Lord said, tell them, and these are Christians. So they're in there reading scriptures and, and just, you know, going through scriptures. While they, you know, this is the ICU. We're not, not no private room. And so they're reading the scriptures and the Lord said, tell them to stop reading the scriptures. Read this passage. It was on healing. It might have been Mark chapter 11, 22. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, if you have faith and, and uh, believe in your heart, shall not doubt in your heart, you should have whatsoever you say. So we, we prayed that, and he said, now I want y'all to worship me. Pray, he said, tell the reading scripture, pray for the person's healing. I'm not the healer. Jesus is the healer. By his stripes, we are healed. He said, pray for the person's healing, right? So he said, read the scriptures, right? Lay hands, pray for the person's healing. By your, Jesus, I believe by your stripes in the name of Jesus, this person's healed. From the top of his hands, the soles of his feet, organ cells, ligaments, tissues, Function in the perfection in which you design the function. There's no malfunctions in anybody. Be healed in Jesus' name, right? So he told me to do that, right? And so, so we did that, right? And, and we, and then he said, "Now I want you to worship like it's already happened, right? Right? See, so that that ties into the corporate prayer, right? That ties what worship like it's already happened." Because if you believe you receive it, act like it. Right. All right, so, 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 so that's what we did. Now, now listen, I just told y'all we in ICU, right? Y'all been in ICU before. The room right across from the nursing station. That one. 
Only allow a certain amount of people in there. We in there praising the Lord. Glory to God. We lift you up. Magnify you. Hallelujah. We in there praising the Lord. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry about that, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, we in there praising the Lord. And guess what? After we did that, listen. Because I know you're saying, oh, the person jumped up out the, out the bed. No. This, this man and woman of God walk in there, do everything God said. And then God said, okay, you can go home now. So we go home. Yeah, you, like see, you know how we want instant gratification? Like you want, I like, no, no, something gotta happen because now I'm going home and, and it'd be like, this dude gonna have us embarrassing ourselves, praying in front of the nurse's station. We was already reading scripture. He probably wanna stay with me, but it's cool. You know, he'd be back. All right, so, so had me doing all those different things and, and he ain't here. Before we got home, we get a call. Oh my God, his eyes is moving. He's moving his eyes. Oh my God, he's moving his eyes. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Later on, he was woke. A day later, he was out of the hospital. Living to this day. What I'm saying is, we didn't do nothing, but we had to yield. See, we conduits. Everybody here is conduits for the power of God. If we stay in our head, God can never use us. Amen. He can never use his power through us. Right? That's why I ever say he tries to get us conformed to the world, get us in our head, looking at circumstances, hurt and offended. Why? Because you ain't using no power that day. Right? Think about it. You ain't even thinking about power that day. Right? Uh, we did a, Trina did a great example uh, yesterday with her teaching. She was talking about the words you speak and the atmospheres you're in. So she had, she had four sets of uh, couples, not couples, but paired up people going to the, uh, the green room. <laughs> oh, it's the prayer room, I'm playing. All right, so, and so the, the first people that came out, she instructed us, don't say nothing to them. And they had to find these two items. So, so, so they come out, uh, it was these two people right here. I'm going to put you on the spot. These two people right here. So they come out, and she says, you got to find these two items. So I, I noticed something that I appreciated. The first thing, I didn't say this yesterday, they asked. Hey, so where's that? I think you asked Pastor Mel. Where's that? And I think you asked Pastor Mel. Like, y'all don't trust me? Well, anyway, so, so when they asked, Pastor Mel didn't say nothing. She said Pastor Mel rolled her eyes at her, like, like closed her eyes. Like, but we was instructed not to say nothing, right? So they're coming in here and they're they looking and yeah, yeah, anybody, so this was personal and she, she said she wasted 30 seconds, only had a minute and a half, 30 seconds wondering, why is nobody not talking to me? <laughs> and then uh, Siobhan, she kept pressing, did you find one? She found one. So she said, in, in spite of the pressure, I'm still going to find it, right? All right, so she found one, right? But that's with no one saying nothing. The second group of people, we were told to say negative things to. So as soon as they walked through the door, we blasted them. Oh, not them. Why they picked them? Oh, they ain't all that. And then when they were trying to find the stuff, he's like, oh, never going to happen. Never going to happen. Look at you, losers. We're like, you know, I mean, we was, you know, we, you know, this dude don't even come to church. How he going to find? He can't find the church. How he going to find the flocks? <laughs> right? So we, we, we doing all these things. And guess what? They didn't find nothing. The third group of people we were told to encourage. So as soon as they walk through the door, we're cheering. <laughs> and then when they come down, as soon as they start talking about, 
hey, you got to find stuff. Oh, that's going to be easy. You can find it. Oh, oh, oh this, this ain't no problem. So everybody's loud, really making a whole lot of noise. And it was uh, Zamir and Z. And so they're running around. Zamir has all this energy. Right? Now, now they had a minute and a half. Zamir runs and finds the first one. He, he, he comes off, he finds the first one quickly. He, he takes a step this way to look for the second because he realizes how he need the other one. He takes a step, spun around, went right around to where the other one was. Like, it's like record time. So Pastor Mel says, so, so what were you experiencing? So he said, the first one, he said, I fi- <laughs> these kids think different. He said, I figured uh, floss is strings. So I thought strings and wires. <laughs> okay, but guess what? Guess what? That sounds foolishness to you, doesn't it? But that's how the Holy Spirit used him to find it. Now listen to what he said for the second one. He, she, so, so he's like, well, how'd you find the second one? He said, my feet just took me there. I don't know. That looks foolish, don't it? So he said, something inside of me. Right? See, see, it looks foolish. Well, and I was sitting there going, I said, no, this is a great example. Trina, I think it's kind of worked out better than your plan. <laughs> like, you couldn't even buy it. The, the fourth group, we, uh, we, we, we helped. So, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. But what I'm saying is, something happens in an atmosphere. Listen, something happens in an atmosphere. And when people believe in something, something happens in an atmosphere. All right, so, so, so with that in mind, let's go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Again, we're talking about demonstration of power. Your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. My preaching and teaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but was within demonstration of power. All right, so Acts chapter 1 is so interesting because it's talking about us here. This is verse 8. It says, but you shall receive power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be a witness. You shall be witnesses unto me into, uh, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And that's basically saying that when that power comes on you, you'll be a witness. So, of course, we're not in Jerusalem, but we'll say in uh, Charlotte, in, Nor- in Charlotte, in North Carolina, in the United States, and uttermost parts of the world. Because it was a progression. If you look at those towns, you see he just progressed out. Okay. All right. So, so now he's talking to the, the disciples, but that's what we are. We're disciples, right? Let's go to Acts two. Well, no, no, no. Before we go to Acts two, so so it's talking about us having power. We're gonna come back to Acts two. Let's go over to Ephesians three. Ephesians 3. It's one of my great favorite passages here. So I'm in Galatians. That doesn't help. So Ephesians 3 uh, verse 20. It says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly. Don't stop there. Abundantly. Don't stop there. Above. Don't stop there. All we could ask or think. Okay, so so we want to exceedingly abundantly above the four levels of him given to us, right? But look here, it says, uh, 
Above all, you can ask to think, it says, according in harmony to the power that worketh in us. This is, see, there's something at work in us. Even Philippians says, you know, it starts off in verse uh, uh, Philippians 1, 6, be confident in this very thing that he has begun a good work, will perform it. But Philippians 2 says, like, he'll work in you to will and to do his good pleasure. Why? That power is in you. See, so when we accept Jesus, let's go over to Acts 2. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, what we do is our, our, our spirit was dead because of sin, right? And so when we, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in and regenerates, makes alive our spirit and indwells in us. He's, he dwells in us. But you don't need... Uh, uh, something just dwelling in you is just like water in a well. You don't just need it sitting there. You want to draw it out, right? Because the scripture says it's like a well in you that springs up to everlasting life, John 4, uh, 14. So you have this indwelling in you, but you, wanna, you want that, 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 that spirit in you to start to fill you up. That's what we call the infilling of the spirit, right? The infilling of the spirit which we'll talk about here in a second in Acts chapter 2. So that infilling is when that what's in fills, right? And then that's when people start operating those gifts that we talked about in 1 Corinthians 12 earlier, right? Uh, prophecy and, and words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Now the interesting thing is we just read Ephesians 3.20 and it says that, that according to the power that worketh in you. But Ephesians 3.19 says be filled with all the fullness of God, right? And it's instructing us. Don't be filled fully yourself. Be filled with the Spirit, right? Right? And uh, uh, was Ephesians 5.18 says, be being filled. Stay filled up. Right? Stay filled up. So then you have that infilling. But what we're about to read is an outpouring of the Spirit. So you have the indwelling. You have the in. So the indwelling, of course, is the Holy Spirit in us. Um, right? Right? And then you have the the uh, infilling that's the Holy Spirit on us up on you all over you people see something, something's different on you it, it changes the atmosphere like the guy in, uh, in, um, in Dollar General so I'll tell you the story real quick uh, Venetia shared it yesterday this guy in Dollar General a uh, young lady had a bad attitude Venetia said she recognized the bad attitude and uh, didn't really you know she was like the person is she a little funky today you know and so the guy almost uh, slips ahead of the person and puts his card in to make payment. So the young lady's with her attitude, oh, well, I'm not done yet. He says, I know. And so, so he keeps the card in. And I guess she said her, her stuff came to 79. His came to 100. And this whole, whole bill came to 120. But he was actually paying for her stuff. Now, she was supposed to let go of that attitude, right? Right? But she, but she ain't know what to do. Because she, she, she ain't had no out. Like, no flesh out. There was her time to yield to the spirit. But she, uh, to me, uh, uh, Benita said, she, she, you know, she, you know, and she, she was so flustered she left her bags. And tell her, hey, 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 ma'am, you left your bags. Why was she flustered? Because all of her excuses, how people been treating her. How people ain't no good. How people are selfish. Well, I don't come to God because I don't trust these people. This person didn't know her from Adam. And so, 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 uh, Benita says she sensed the spirit on the guy. The power of God. 
And so she said, she started moving a little closer because she sent the spirit. <laughs> yeah, so the guy, the guy said, hey, you sense that? She said she was praying the whole time. You sense that? And he says, it, in, in the Dollar General, and, and she was being nice, but she said it, was, it wasn't uh, your, uh, yeah, it wasn't in your good neighborhood Dollar General, okay? <laughs> so she said, uh, so, but the guy was like, hey, he was like, let's, uh, uh, he said, could we pray, right? Yeah. But she thought, like, them two praying, but she still thought that was deep. He wanted to pray with her in the Dollar General, I'll just say in the hood, um, <laughs> right? But he was talking about everybody. The cashier shut things down. They all prayed. And prayed for the young lady with the attitude. After she left. But listen to what I'm saying. That's 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 God moving. So you have a uh, you got Robert here. He has he has a, a basketball team, and you've you know Robert's spoken here many times. So you heard his testimony, and how you know uh, you know spent a lot of time you know hanging out, uh, not being filled with the spirit, or being filled with other stuff. You know, yeah, no, right. All right, so so. So, so he's growing his team, and now he's, you know, you know how they talk about, you know, separate church and schools and stuff like that. And so he had asked me to come out to speak, so I, so I came out, so I said, I said, so tell me what can I do and what, what, can I, what can I do? I mean, I'm not going to cause him to lose his job. He said, no, you do whatever you want. I said, well, no, I want you, I, said, I think I said, I don't want you to lose your job. He said, no, you can do whatever you want. So, so we ministered to him about God and stuff like that. Well, he had been, and I noticed something, he had been ministering to him, to him the whole year. Like, you can hear them talking. Like, you know, they, they, they was all fired up. I was like, man, this is one of the easiest chapels I've done. You know, well, he, he called me while they was in the tournament. Uh, they won a conference tournament. He said, uh, hey, uh, the, the manager, they has, so it's a girls basketball team, but they have this guy, this manager. He gave his life to the Lord. Won that church. Thank you for that. Yeah, won that church. Uh, that guy right there. With the, with the water bottles. Right. Wasn't that church? But, but, but see, they had to create an atmosphere. He said he'd been watching them all year. Right? Is that accurate? He'd been watching them all year. See, something has to happen in somebody. They have to sense a level of presence and power to be moved to open their hearts to God. Right? It's beyond intellect. Right? All right, so again, just keep that in mind. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, demonstration of power. So, so now, Christ, this was already spoken, you know, and, I, and I, I, I skipped some things, but they were told to be in the upper room. They were told to tarry in the upper room. They weren't told to tarry for the Holy Spirit. This was one time where they were told to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. Since then, people have been using that word, like, the only way you get the Holy Spirit is if you tarry. No, it was, the word means wait. Wait at that time for the Holy Spirit. Once the Holy Spirit showed up, he's already resident. So we don't have to tarry for him. All right, so that wasn't nice to my face. But sorry about that. All right, so, so Acts chapter 2, it says, And when the day of, verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. All right, so Pentecost was uh, back in the day when, when people were in bondage or slavery or, or owed debt and what have you. Uh, every seven years, they was relieved of that burden, right? Uh, which is what's supposed to be happening now, but you know they they don't just played us. 
No, no, for real. Now it's actually supposed to be happening now. Um, so, so every seven, seven times seven is forty-nine. So every fifty was the year of jubilee, and everybody came together to celebrate because we all free. Just didn't get it. All right, so anyway, so, so Acts chapter 2, it says when the day of uh, Pentecost was fully come, they were, were all with one accord in one place. This is what Ty was talking about, right? In agreement, one accord in one place. Now, not everybody all over the place, but everybody was in agreement. It says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing, look, 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 mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. That's an outpouring of the Spirit. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it set upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They weren't just making up things. And their dwelling at Jerusalem was devout men out of every nation under heaven. So I want you to picture this. Uh, I, my example I always give because as a kid, one of our class trips was the United Nations. And so, so when we was kids, we'd go to the United Nations and we put on our headphones and whatever that person was saying you could dial to the language whatever language you wanted now i'm sure it's probably high tech now and it, you know it's probably siri's probably speaking the language now or something you know but what i'm saying is you got one person speaking a different language but you're hearing your language and so what was taking place is the disciples were speaking in the spirit but the people from all the nations was hearing them glorify god in their language this is a young man at a church. He was speaking, you know, the, the, the spirit of God fell on him. He was prophesying and he was speaking in, in tongues. But this, this was the gift of prophecy. This wasn't just devotional tongues, gift. So there should be an interpreter. Person got up in the back and said, how is this guy speaking in my language? I'm from Portugal. This guy's not from Portugal. He was speaking this guy's language. See, so, so again, the, the, the Romans 8, 26, the spirit utters groanings that you wouldn't normally speak, right? Because when we, like, if you, you could be praying for yourself, something you're really believing for, you know you're going to have a limit because it's going to get to a point where it's going to seem like foolishness or too much. So, so you, can't, you can't go deep enough in natural prayer to believe for all God wants you. But the Holy Spirit can utter those groanings that you can't speak in the Spirit. And since you can't hear it, you won't shut it down. Or you can't comprehend it, you won't shut it down. Right? Tatum said, Amen. He's trying to teach. Y'all need to listen to him. Thanks, Tatum, for that. See, I, I, I interpreted what he was saying. Y'all was sitting there saying he needs, he needs an interpreter. His, his, his Godfather's his interpreter. Let's go to James. Right. Oh my God. If you really are listening, they're communicating. No, no, no. Each time it was quiet, they both communicated. See, just because you didn't pick it up, right? Like, no, for real. Like, when I was quiet, it was like, it's like one person responded to the other. All right. That's foolishness to you. Okay, all right. Okay. Okay, don't take my word for it. That's God. 
So James 5, Trina brought this out, I believe, this week too, uh, when she was teaching. Uh, verse 16, it says, confess your faults one to another. James 5, 16, I apologize for going so fast. So it says, confess, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed, that you may be healed. Look, look, it says the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous man availeth much. The Amplifier says the, the makes much power available. See, something happens when we're in agreement, when they were in a court, we're in agreement, we're praying in agreement. Like yesterday, we had corporate prayer and, and, you know, the spirit started flowing. We were in agreement. We were in harmony. And the power of God was moving and breaking stuff. You could just see it. Like you could see, it, 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 well, they, some of them couldn't leave. Like they couldn't get out of here. Why? Makes much fervent, and it was fervent effectual prayers made much power available. See, two or more gather my name, there I am in the midst. Two or more touching, agreeing, or anything, they can have what they ask. See, that creates a power. Agreement creates a power. A house divided can't stand because disagreement douses the power. Something happens. Uh, Todd was talking about him and Trina. Uh, they operate in agreement. And any time that they've not been on the same page, things don't happen. But every time they're on the same page, things happen. I know that's a fact for this lady right here. Like, like we ain't doing nothing unless we, we're in agreement. And sometimes it's tough because we can't leave the situation until we find a place of agreement. I, I get the world tells you we agree to disagree. We can, not in our house. We're going to have to figure out a way to, to, to flow together. Not, not, and it's not a fight. It's just like, like we've got to keep going deeper until we find that place where we missed the understanding or missed the agreement. Why? Because we need power. To, to believe for the things that we're believing for, to make sure we are conduit for God to use to save, change, resurrect lives, heal folk, we gotta stay in agreement. So sometimes, <laughs> I do, man. So, so sometimes we, 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 we don't even agree to disagree, we agree to say, I'm not moving off of what my, how I flow, what I think, and my understanding. You can do that stuff if you want to, but I'm going to stick here. But you don't realize you stick in there if you're in a, uh, a relationship or a family with someone, you're affecting everyone. A little leaven spoils the whole lump. Because the goal is power. The goal is power. So, so you can be, you can lead your own understanding, but you'll be powerless. This is the thing. Uh, uh, the scripture says in, in Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew, Matthew chapter 8, verses 8 through 10, right? Matthew 8, 8 through 10. Look, it says this. It says, it says, uh, I'm a man under authority and I have people under me. I say go and they go and come and they come. He says, he says uh, so he used to tell the Lord, you just speak the word only. He said, because I know how this operates. I'm a man under authority. I have people under me. I say, go and they go and come and they come. So if you speak the word, only my servant will be healed. What he, was, he was breaking down this principle of authority. 
Jesus said, I have not found so great faith in all Israel. But he was saying, I'm a man under authority. I submit to authority. So the people under me submit to my authority. Look, look. I submit to power. And the people under me, right, submit to my power. You don't have power if you don't submit to power. All right, so listen. So, so the key to power, what? It's agreement, but it's, what did you say? Submitting. Submitting to power. So look, submit yourselves one to another. Right? So, so, so look at this principle. We don't submit to power, and then sickness and disease comes bum-rushing into our lives. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. Well, Jesus we know. Melanie we know. But who are you? And in the Bible it says those demons jumped on top of that person. Sickness jumped right on top of you. Debt jumped right on top of you. See, we're trying to, and the scripture says, whatsoever you bind in heaven shall be loosed in heaven. Whatsoever you, uh, whatever, whatsoever you bind in heaven shall be, uh, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Right? But what it's saying is because you're submitted to, to, to God's authority. So what's, what we're struggling through is our lives are designed in this world system to be rebellious. You notice your kids, you never have to teach them how to say no. Yeah, teach them a lot of things, but you don't have to teach them how to refuse to do something. At a young age, you know, you know, like you don't have to teach them that because that's this world system. And, and so, so it's easy for us to, I'm not doing that, I'm gonna do this, that, and the other, but it's hard for us to yield. And, and the adversary knows that. He's trying to get you to not yield so you don't have power. Even Jesus came to John and said, you baptize me. Read through it. Like Jesus followed a script as if he didn't have no power. But he knew I had to submit to some things to receive some things. And John said, I should be baptizing you. He said, no, 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 no. No, you need to be baptizing me. Because Jesus knew I got to have some power. See, see, and, and after Jesus did some things, the, the spirit showed, God showed up and said, this is my son I'm, who I'm well pleased. Some of y'all, right after that endorsement, couldn't nobody tell you nothing. The next thing that happened, Jesus went to the wilderness. If you read Luke chapter one, it says he, he, he came in the spirit of, of, of the wilderness submitted to God through all his tests that you know turn the stone into bread stuff like that after he submitted to all the tests right it said he came out verse 14 in power in the power of the spirit he came out in the power of the spirit and it says his fame went throughout all Israel there was no miracle before the Holy Spirit before he got power just like us. Read through it. I mean, he was wise. They said he, he, he waxed strong in, in uh, what? Uh, uh, wisdom. You know. So he was wise but he, wasn't, he, he didn't walk in the power until he yielded to the spirit. So what God wants to do is not just have a life where we're just talking about Christ. He wants a life that's in demonstration of power. Yeah, uh, Peter and uh, uh, Peter and John, I think, 
uh, Acts chapter 3, they were walking, and the guy was sitting at the gate. He was sitting at the gate for long, banging and stuff like that. So he said, hey, man, can I get a couple of dollars, man? Just, you know, look out for a brother, you know. You know, since they're like New York, you know, like, you know, just, yeah, yeah look out for a brother. You know, my man? You know, my man? <laughs> right? So, so Peter, Peter and them said, hey, silver and gold have we none. But what we got, we'll give to you. Tell him to get up and walk. Do you know what happened? Listen, this dude, they couldn't shut him up. They couldn't shut him up because he experienced power. Yeah, you have some tough people in your life. Some people that, ah, I don't know if I'd be able to tell them this. They were talking about boldness the other day, right? Trina was talking about people had the boldness to witness the folk. Guess what? Your power can witness. People watching God move. They're watching God move in your life. Listen, the toughest folk, they're going to move when they see power. When they see God moving in your life, listen, I'm telling you. I, I know this is on video, so I ain't saying no names. But there's some tough, some, some tough folk that I that have to deal with, you know, uh, friends and family-wise. I'll say it like that so people won't figure out who it is. Right? But, hey, power God's been moving them. Because they've been looking and going, okay, uh, that's unexplainable but God. The only way to explain that is God. So God wants to use us in demonstration of power. Right? He wants to use us in demonstration of power. So I'm going to share this with you uh, in a little bit of time we have left. I shared this with uh, one of my family members that's an athlete before... Uh, big nationally televised game. Uh, so we're all equipped with an inner hunger and thirst. We're all equipped with an inner hunger and thirst. Scripture says they the hunger and thirst that the righteous shall be filled with power, right? It says uh, God has placed it there so we would drink peace and power from his presence. So we have a hunger and thirst, but it's in there so we would drink peace and power from his presence, right? So, so, so it's not there for you to be depressed. It's not there for you to get a drink or smoke. It's there for you to run to God to get filled up, right? With his peace and his power, right? You got me so far? His hope is to fill us up till we overflow his love and passion, which is his hunger and thirst. See, we have a hunger and thirst to draw God's hunger and thirst. And that's his love and his passion, right? So that's why he has it there, right? So his hope is to fill us up till we overflow his love and his passion, his hunger and thirst on everything and everyone we encounter. Get into his presence. And this particular person I said before the game. Pray to him, read his word, worship him with his music. Let him overflow, I said, on the field tomorrow. But I'm saying that to you. Before you go in this, this game of life. Like get filled up. And let God overflow out of you. Yes when the demand is placed on you. And you barely got enough for yourself. You ain't trying to give up nothing. But if you're filled up with overflow. If your cup is running over. It's just as David said my cup run over. Somebody touch you. It's going to pour into them. It's with little effort. 
to pour out what's in you because you have overflow. See, this, this, this attacks the premise of, hey, just taking care of me and my four and no more. Or the uh, sometimes the, uh, it's not always false humility, humility, sometimes it's people's perspective, but a lot of times it's false humility. Go, no, no, I'm good. Uh, no, no, I'm all right. I need enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you got enough, now guess what? That's called overflow. And God is a lot of times getting stuff to you for the next person you encounter. Overflow. There's a, a, a parable of a guy who built a barn. Uh, he had all this stuff. And he looked, he said, sweet, right? Yeah, this is Lexus, Lambo, Maybach. I'm doing good. Oh, good stacks of cheese, not cheese you eat. <laughs> I guess my wife used that phrase all the time. Cheese, right? Right, I said, I'm rolling, my barns is full. But you know what? It's getting to a point where this stuff is overflowing. I'm gonna build some bigger barns, you know, because you know, I, you know, the, the handle all that I have. <laughs> and he built, he built bigger barns to store. And went through catastrophe. Because God didn't build his barns for him to store it. We're supposed to be like rivers. Let it flow. Let it flow. Right? He didn't do that. God is not going to get, he's not trying to get you power just to hoard it, to hold it. He wants it to flow through you. We talked about this this morning in the discipleship class. When God used you in this power, now, now everybody's not a Pastor Mel. Pastor Mel is super bold. In the dictionary, look up boldness. There's a picture of Pastor Mel. But the thing is, but, but she said this before. It doesn't mean you won't be uh, nervous or afraid to talk to someone. It just means you'll do it uh, in the midst of the fear with courage. And, and God wants to fill us up with that power and, 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 and have us go into atmosphere and change atmosphere. There's some people this week, their lives will change if you let God use you. And so, so, so when you say, man, I don't know why this is not happening for me. God didn't give me this. Okay, so if God gives you what you really want, Will he be able to use you to overflow in other people's lives? Some of you are saying, oh, definitely. Are you doing it now? Are, are, are you using what he gave you to overflow in people's lives? Because it says he's the faith, the Bible says he that is faithful in the least will be faithful in the much. So why would you need much power if you're not using the power that you have already? That's not me being sarcastic. That's just, that just makes sense, you know. Right? So God wants to use us at greater levels. And then sometimes we're so tight, he can't use us because we're in our head, not flowing with the spirit. So God wants to, like your life is about to be demonstration of power. Right? It's about to be demonstration. But you got to yield. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be uncomfortable. You won't be able to control. You have to let go. 
but God's going to use your life. Right? But he's going to need you to yield. Listen, everything, every time we have a, a message or something in the church, it's advanced information. So if anybody paying attention, this is advanced information for something that's going to happen. So I'm not just talking. You know, I, listen, first of all, you know, after, after about six months, if, if what God said don't happen, you know how y'all are. Man, ain't no man of God, man. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I remember what he said six months ago. I'm not talking about the example I used just to, for an example. And they done took it and wrote it down. Everybody was going to get $1,000. These guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking about if God says something, you know, I'm not just going to be, what's in it for me? Nobody has to give us nothing. We don't, we ain't uh, uh, pretentious for anything. No, it's, it's all about the kingdom. And it's all about power. And if you still are drinking the pain, you're drinking the unforgiveness, you're drinking the bitterness, you're drinking the resentment, you're drinking the mishaps, God, you can't do power. Hey, you're drinking the pride, you're drinking the accolades, you can't, you, he can't fill you up. You're already filled up with yourself. Now, I'm not, I, I, I didn't say this to put nobody down, I'm just saying you got to empty of yourself. The scripture says decrease that he can increase. John 3.30. He can't fill you up if you filled up with yourself. And every time he's pulling on you to get filled, right? You push back with self. Do you know that moment God was trying to demonstrate power through your life? And you allowed your fear or your head to get in the way. So, so, so God, there, there, there's, there's going to be a shift. You know, a lot of times we come to church, okay, let's see if the pastor got any power. Let's see if the people got any power. <laughs> a lot of times people come to church for what they can get, but we all supposed to be showing up for what we can give. I wasn't at his game when that young man gave his life to Christ. Wasn't nowhere there. Right? So suppose he was like, well, I'll just wait till he one day comes to church and he'll accept Jesus. <laughs> right? The guy that was in the Dollar General, suppose he just waited till maybe I'll chase that young lady down and see if she comes to service. I'll pray when we're in our prayer meeting time. No, that dude did it at the Dollar General. It's supposed to be done at the school. Right? Let God use you. That's all I'm saying. Let him really use you. Get out of yourself and let him use you. All right, let's stand on your feet. That's